0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, y'all. 49ers football is right around the corner, and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. When you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360 degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360 degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like. And Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus... They got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. (laughs) Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And we're going to tell you about our friends over at Lamb Chops. It's our favorite clothing brand. I'm wearing a Lamb chop shirt right now. The lighting is not conducive to seeing that it's a Lamb chop shirt because it's black with like a black kind of suede lettering on it. It's super dope. Obviously, that heavy, thick quality material, super comfortable, and just in general, an awesome shirt. And you can get a shirt like this one. You can get a hoodie. You can get some shorts, whatever you want at sglambchops.com. The promo code for that is Candlestick20. You can follow him on Instagram at SGLambChops. And Chris, I'm going to be rocking an SG hoodie at our event coming up on Saturday because it's a high I... of 72, and I'm so excited for that.
2: Should I go full top to bottom Lambchops sweatsuit because I do have that in the arsenal?
1: So I'm going. I'm going Lambchops shorts, Lambchops hoodie.
2: Uh, so I vibe. have. I do have matching joggers and hoodie that i could go oh, I with. It's kind me. of aggressive. It's not totally what something i would usually do. No, no, i but, love this for you. I mean, maybe i'm i'm considering it. Okay. Comfort- it's and to your point, it's going to be hoodie weather in Santa Rosa and i'm i'm pumped for hoodie weather.
1: Couldn't tell you how hyped i was when i when i checked the weather report and saw that. So, if you're coming out, make sure you rock your lamb chops. sglambchops.com is a website. Candlestick 20 is the promo code for 20% off. Go get yourself some comfortable, quality, one-of-a-kind clothing. We're also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. Cooperagebrewing.com is the website. You can order a case of Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA at that website. Or if you don't want a Hazy IPA, maybe you want a stout, or maybe you want something lighter, or maybe you're into a seltzer. They've got it all. And if you're over 21 and in the state of California, you can order a case, they'll ship it right to your door. Maybe you're in the Santa Rosa area, you want to head to the brewery, you can do that. It's great vibes, always good food trucks there, always great beers on tap, good people. It's a great spot.
2: I love Cooperage. We love Cooperage. The beer is second to none. The vibes are second to none, obviously. Um, great partner with us, third year running. Um, and obviously, Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA is just an elite Hazy. It's right. um, the, the cans look great. Just overall, a great. Great place to go drink beer, and uh, and we love it there. That's why we're going back for our, our third live show. It's kind of crazy to think about our third live show at Cooperage yeah. this Saturday, September 23rd. It's gonna be great,
1: yeah. It's it's uh, seven o'clock, September 23rd. Do you want me to say one of the guests we have locked in? Yeah, I mean, we
2: tweeted it out earlier.
1: Yeah, we got NBC Sports Bay Area 49ers host 49ers pre and post host. Slash analyst Rod Brooks, Bay Area Legend. Super excited to have to have Rod out there. And uh he'll be up on the on the panel talking talking Niners with us. It's
2: gonna be great. Also, also like a phenomenal just voice. A really good voice. Like just the, the, the voice is just incredible. Also, like for radio, like I interned for him. I don't even know if he remembers it was so long ago when I interned for him, but I interned for him on Fitz and Brooks way back in summer of two thousand nine now. And uh, I would just be like sitting there listening to the show, be like, "Man, Rod's just got a phenomenal yeah, voice. Obviously, incredibly knowledgeable, uh, great personality, super funny dude, great guy. But just like an incredible voice for what he does, either being on the radio or being on TV. So, exudes swagger. He exudes swagger. absolutely thousand okay. percent.
1: So he's going to be out there. A couple more guests I think are gonna are gonna be coming out. Not quite ready to announce those just yet." But uh, it's going to be a great time. Cooper's Brewing, 7 p.m. on Saturday, September 23rd. Can't wait to see y'all there. All right, let's talk Niners-Giants.
0: Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle
3: is going to go! Touchdown! Oh, well, got him in a second back. The 30-yard line, Nick Bosa drops, Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass, caught by Kittle, he dives, and he's in, touchdown 49ers!
1: Hey man, the Giants aren't cool man. with their little comeback win over the Cardinals. I still all don't the believe way in the Giants. I still don't believe in the Giants as a as a real football team this year.
2: I've never been a Daniel Jones guy um, and I I will say I was impressed with just I, I mean when you're a team that has no track record in the postseason and you do what they did last year going to Minnesota and winning that playoff game um, like you get credit for that and that sure. was that was impressive but I'm to the point now like after watching him play a little bit and knowing that he got that contract i'm like man i i still think that's a tough place to be when daniel jones is your franchise quarterback and -hmm. you're paying that dude and like i i didn't expect him really to to beat the cowboys in week one but like 170 yards of total offense and just as bad as they played like you have to be more competitive than that than that yep in your home stadium in prime time against a division rival like just look competent look like you can compete with this team um and not just it's bad news when your franchise quote unquote franchise quarterback is leading an offense that's playing that way so uh we'll see I'm with you I don't really believe the Giants I think they're one of those teams that we talk about like made the playoffs last year could fall back in the NFC um but you know it'll be it, I, I do think these games these games tend to be so sloppy that it could be kept closed just with how sloppy it is because that's just how Thursday night games typically go.
1: So here's why I don't believe in the Giants. They don't have enough dudes. I think it's the same problem the Rams had, only the Rams, I think, have, a, have an overall better coaching staff and I think have more dudes than the Giants do. Saquon Barkley, who played 66 of their 68 snaps, is likely out. They have Darren Waller. Okay, fine. But then their receivers are Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, and Paris Campbell. Their um, second tight end is Daniel Bellinger. Jalen Wyatt, their rookie Jalen Hyatt, excuse me, their rookie wide receiver played 14 snaps on on Sunday against against Arizona. They're starting two rookie corners in in Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins. Leonard Williams is a is a good player, but not having a great year. Kayvon Thibodeau has their, their defensive end stud first-round pick from last year, has two pressures so far this season. They just don't have the horses. And in particular on the offensive line, their offensive line is really bad. And that's why I'm not buying them. Because I don't think that there's enough coaching to overcome just kind of their lack of viable players for a playoff team.
2: So are you buying that or are you not buying them or I guess selling them as a playoff team or just selling them as like a competent, like this team is going to give the 49ers a decent game team?
1: I'm selling them as both. Okay. So I
2: don't, you're out. You're all the way out.
1: I'm just out, man. Unless I, if they, if they play well against San Francisco, then okay, more power to them. It's a good, good job coaching. And they overcame a dramatic talent deficit. But I think Sunday was a little bit of a wake-up call for for San Francisco, and I don't I don't think they're going to come out and get punched in the mouth, especially defensively, the the way they did on Sunday.
2: They haven't forced an interception yet. Um, actually, they haven't forced a turnover yet. They're twenty eighth in scoring. 32nd in scoring defense, 23rd in in yardage offensively, and 15th in yardage defensively. Obviously, small sample size of just two games. But there isn't, aside from just like one good half of football in the second half against Arizona, and it was a good half because they were down, what, three scores in the first half and ended up coming back to win.
1: Yeah, they were down 28-7 late in the third quarter and came back to win.
2: Yeah, to me that's that speaks more to how awful Arizona is than than how like oh the Giants are really on a roll now they have momentum. Like they're the Niners defense is obviously a different animal. But I will say like we you and I both thought the 49ers would just kind of roll the Rams and the Rams gave the 49ers a much better game. Mm-hmm. I th- I think there's a possibility of that. I don't think it would look the same in terms of like you know, Daniel Jones just carving up the Niners defense in the same way Matt Stafford did. Sure. But I think there's an element of like emotionally the Giants could be more ready to play. Yeah. Then the 49ers could sort of sleepwalk through the first quarter a little bit. And it's like they're they're down 7-3 and then they have to lock in in the second quarter. Like, you know, something like that should sure. happen. Um,
1: and Daniel Jones could just run for a million yards and keep them out of second and third and long with with – with his legs and suddenly things become harder there for the Niners defense. I, I, I get it. And like, like Andrew says on the, on the YouTube chat here, Thursday night football games can be really weird. So I don't want to discount the giants for this game season long. Yeah. Count them out. And I get, I, I guess I understand that Thursday night games are, are definitely always a little strange, but I, I don't know, man, this one just, just reeks of, remember that? Remember Nick Mullins debut? And I don't think the Giants are as bad as that (laughs) Raiders team, but it just kind of feels like the Niners come out and roll, given how much, I don't want to say they like struggled against the Rams, but the Rams, I think gave them a better game than they were anticipating. And I think they're going to lock in on on Thursday night, knowing that they've got the the mini buy ahead of them. And I think in particular, I think in particular, a lot of this for me, comes down to Saquon Barkley being out and the Giants offensive line being bad because I, I really don't think that, that the Giants are going to be able to stop the 49ers offensively. I mean, San Francisco should be in the, in the 25 to 30 point range again. And offensively, if they, I, I don't think they're going to be able to block really anybody on the Niners defensive front. And if they start getting one dimensional, Where they're behind by ten points, it might get really ugly really fast.
2: Yeah, and Brandon Ayuk did is or was a limited participant in practice on Mm -hmm. Tuesday for whatever that's worth. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I would imagine he plays right the the forty nine. Like we'll see. Maybe he's a game time decision, but obviously Brandon Ayuk helps in a pretty substantial way.
1: If he, if he is. If it's just pain tolerance, I can't imagine he doesn't play. Right. But if it's like a sprain that he could make worse, I think he sits.
2: Yeah, sometimes guys get like just really gnarly stingers. And they can be really painful, but it is more of a pain tolerance thing than like, oh, there's structural damage there. Right. So, um... Yeah, I, I would expect him to play, particularly with the eleven days off. What what I am interested to see, and we didn't really talk about this when we had the McCaffrey discussion after Sunday's game, but you know, giving Christian McCaffrey hundred percent of the snaps in a game five days for four days before you play again mm-hmm. on a Thursday night is a little bit different. You know, I sort of dismiss the idea that like, oh, like the 49ers should should be resting McCaffrey and rotating more. Like, yeah, you ideally you would. But for me, I was like, "Just go win the game." You need it's a it's a close game, it's a divisional game. You, you this is why you're paying him. Go win the game with Christian McCaffrey. But, but, I, but I didn't really factor in the idea that, like, yeah, there's a quick turnaround and they got to play Thursday.
1: Yeah, and not to mention, it's not like Elijah Mitchell is bad at football, right? Right? It, it's not like their offense is not viable when he's on the field. It's just really clear how much Christian McCaffrey impacts defenses in the passing game. And maybe that was the Niners game plan was to they were going to throw it a lot. And so McCaffrey needed to be on the field. But I just I don't know what happened between last year and this year that Elijah Mitchell is suddenly incapable of even getting onto the field because he's so detrimental to the offense. Is he in the doghouse? That maybe maybe they're all in the doghouse. (laughs) Trade them all to Cleveland, maybe.
2: I don't know. Oh, nice. It's One doghouse to the other.
1: Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) No. So so, (laughs) that's so bad, but, (laughs) but I, I I genuinely don't know. I was, I get the idea that, okay, it's a close game. McCaffrey has to be in at the end, but there were a lot of snaps that were not at the end of the game where he could have come out for a play or two or three. I, I I don't understand the, the sudden reliance on one player in this offense full of weapons. It doesn't track to me,
2: yeah, but. yeah, I agree i would uh I would definitely expect no elijah to to play and like would it surprise you at all if Jordan Mason got some carries
1: no, especially if they're especially if they're up late, that's something that wouldn't surprise me if they get up a couple of scores if we start to see Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason maybe relatively early in spells,
2: yeah. What do you uh now that we've had a few days to digest the Brock Purdy performance on Sunday what what do you think needs to happen for us to feel reaffirmed about Brock Purdy being like a plus quarterback as opposed to maybe what we saw on Sunday maybe in, like it it wasn't a bad game I didn't think it was a bad game it wasn't a particularly great game no. for Purdy Maybe, it, it was maybe he set the bar so high early on that, like, we can look at that objectively and say that was one of his worst, if not the worst game he's had since he's been starter. Mm-hmm. But also, like, he played a pretty good game and was good enough for them to win and obviously score 30 points.
1: If that's his low bar, they're in a very, very good spot. I would agree. If that's the benchmark for ooh tough Purdy game is 17 of was he? Seventeen of twenty. What was he? We have the this technology, technology to, uh, to uh, find no, this out real quick. Do we? Do we? I was on the Giants box score from last week. Not that. Uh, Seventeen of twenty-five for two hundred six. No touchdowns.
2: No picks. Maybe multiple tabs, bro. Come on.
1: Like if you are not if you are not turning the ball over in this offense, he missed a couple of deep throws. I get it, and he missed the third down to Debo. Okay, like that's suboptimal for sure, but. There was that back shoulder throw to Juwan Jennings down the field. It was nice. There was the play that Brandon Ayuk got hurt on, where he threw it into a tight window. Really good anticipation on that throw. Like you see the little things where, yeah, he's he's still a good quarterback. He's still moving the offense, and it just turns out he's not going to throw two plus touchdowns every game. And there were opportunities to to throw touchdowns, and they he had a QB sneak for one, and then they had the backwards throw to Debo that didn't go as a, as a passing touchdown. I mean, if, if that played a Debo, if that had gone forward, half a yard instead of backward, half a yard, and you tack on a passing touchdown to a stat line and 13 extra yards or whatever it was it, it, suddenly it's, it's well, another good game from birdie. So birdie th- I, I thought, I thought he was, I thought he was fine
2: pretty through two games again, small sample size pretty through two games, is tied with Dak Prescott for the lead in QBR mm-hmm. and success rate, he is seventh overall. Um, yeah, and so just you know, some of the advanced stuff, he's fourth in yards per attempt, like it, the, you know, the, the efficiency stats, He's he's been good.
1: He wasn't a Brock, he wasn't years. a Brock star on Sunday, but he was Brock solid. Wow.
2: I'm so mad! You just did that. Um, Goodbye. <laughs> Kyle has exited the streamyard stage. Uh, we gotta we gotta switch the sides again. No, nah, it's okay. I got there it. There we go. All right. I'm on it. Um. Yeah, I, I just. What did you think of Brock? I thought he was good, save for a couple throws. Like, that's I, a th- I,
1: I think that's a better description of what I was trying to say.
2: He he was good, like he was he made a lot of good throws like some of those balls over the middle like he's really good at the in breaking routes where the windows small and throwing the ball before the receiver breaks and putting it before the receiver makes his cut Mm -hmm. and putting it in a spot where the receiver can get it in traffic in a small window like he's good at those yeah um i think the most impressive thing and generally one of the things i i believe is one of the hardest parts about playing quarterback is just being able to move functionally within the pocket amid pressure, keep your eyes downfield and deliver a pass accurately, knowing you're going to get hit. Mm-hmm. And there are so many times where you watch games and you, or you watch him play and you can see him recognize that a pass rusher is coming or a blitzer or whoever is going to come mm-hmm. drill him. And he stands in the pocket with poise and he finds his guy and he delivers the ball on time and accurately and still takes the hit. He's not the type of quarterback that freaks out when he sees a pass rusher coming. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a super important skill to have for quarterbacks. And he's, he's just really good at that. And it's not, it's, it's pretty rare, honestly, because like, You can have all the physical tools in the world, right? I think this is part of the Justin Fields conversation, too. You Mm -hmm. can have all the physical tools in the world. Like, nobody would ever compare Brock Purdy to Justin Fields just from a pure athleticism and even skill set standpoint, right? You talk about, like, Justin Fields has a monster arm, and he's Mm -hmm. super athletic, and he runs really fast, right? but when it comes to the art of quarterbacking and like being able to survey the field and move around within the pocket and avoid pass rushers and deliver passes on time and accurately, that's far more important to playing the quarterback position than having some of those physical traits that guys like Justin Fields have. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's ultimately like for Kyle Shanahan, when we talk about what he wants in his offense and the reason why we always, you know, joke about Kirk cousins or, or players like that, or Mac Jones, whatever. Those guys do those like very subtle quarterbacking things at a much higher level than some of these super raw prospects. And I think you could even, you know, like put Trey Lance into that bucket. Mm-hmm. I still think Trey Lance with time could have developed, like you saw some of it in college, Trey Lance could have developed those skills with time. And I think, one of the reasons purdy has those skills is because he did play so much football in college before even getting to the NFL right but i just think that the like the the minutia quarterback you know keeping his feet tied to his eyes and always being like generally in the right position like that he's I... really good at that stuff he is i don't
1: i don't mean to be crass here but <laughs> Not shitting your pants when there's pressure, I think, matters a lot. Yes. And no quarterback, very rarely, are quarterbacks quote unquote good under pressure. Every quarterback's numbers go down when there's pressure. That is just what happens. All right, y'all. 49ers football is right around the corner, and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. When you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360 degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like. And Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus... They got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. What's going on, y'all? It's Kyle Madsen and Chris Biederman here from Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network here to talk to you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy sports, and it's my new favorite thing about the NFL season. Chris, I won 2250 on Sunday. I had Christian McCaffrey, more than 66 and a half rushing yards. Debo Samuel, more than 50.5 and a half receiving yards. Tyler Higbee, less than 45 and a half receiving yards. That's all you do. You pick two to six players based on their stat projections. You pick more than or less than. You fill out an entry. And then after you do that, you
2: watch the winnings roll in. It's great. I'm having a great time with it. It's really fun. It's daily fantasy sports, I think at its finest, when you just want yep. to watch a game casually and you think a player is really going to go off or you think a guy's not going to do anything based on your knowledge of the game. Um, why not cash in and, and make a little extra scratch on the side in daily fantasy? So prize picks, prize promo code candlestick. They will match your offer up to one hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types Oh, what prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. As Chris said, prizepicks.com slash candlestick is the website. Use code CANDLESTICK for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code CANDLESTICK for a first deposit, deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So, I don't care if a quarterback is good or not when there's pressure on. I don't care necessarily what their numbers look like from a completions versus attempt standpoint. But are you getting rid of the ball on time? Are you creating? Okay, there's pressure. Can you create a throwing lane by getting outside the pocket? Can you not see anything and just throw the ball away? And I think those are little things that he does really well that, okay, maybe it looks bad when he's backpedaling and just, you know, sails it out wide and it misses everybody. But it's like, you live to play another down. You didn't throw an interception by trying to force one into the middle of the field, or you didn't take a really bad sack where your second and six turns into a third and 19. There's just these like kind of just adding on to what you were saying. There's just these little things he does that, okay, maybe he's never going to have a great deep ball. Maybe he's never going to have the best arm. Maybe he's never going to be the fastest guy. But if he can just buoy the offense and deliver the ball to playmakers and limit negative plays, that's that's the reason their offense has taken such an enormous leap. Even if Jimmy Garoppolo is more talented, Brock Purdy is better at avoiding negative plays. And I, th- I, I think there's a ton of value in that that gets overlooked because... There are other quarterbacks who are 6'4 with with howitzers attached to their right shoulder, and they run four 40s, and you get wowed by all the physical traits, and Brock doesn't have those. But he does all these other things at a really high level that allow him to be successful despite his lack of, of physical gift.
2: Yeah, and another thing, too, that happened on Sunday, there were, what, two plays that were just like... Com- incompletions based on miscommunication with receivers,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: right? Like there was the Christian McCaffrey one where it looked like Brock thought he would be in the flat. I think it was a third down Mm -hmm. and he would have walked into the end zone if he was in the flat. Uh, And then there was one to the left side with Brandon. I think it was also in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, if that stuff gets cleaned up, his day also looks a little different. So like, I I do think when it comes to, the way he played Sunday, there had there is a little bit of nitpicking there, but I think that nitpicking also just speaks to to your point how ha- how high the bar has been for him so far.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So there was one thing in particular that I thought he was going to regress in from last year, yeah. and he hasn't. So last season, in the regular season, in the playoffs, Brock Purdy was thirty seven of forty six on intermediate throws. That throws 10 to 19 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. He completed 80.4% of those throws. An insane number. And it's like, that's going to regress for sure, right? Wrong. He's thrown 14 intermediate passes this year. He has completed 13 of them. For his Pretty career good. on throws 10 to 19 yards beyond the line of scrimmage, which he throws about 19 to 20% of the time, he is completing 83.3% of his passes. And if you're stretching out the passing game even a little bit like that, I'm not even saying he needs to be airing it out way down the field. But if you're throwing into that second level that often and completing it at that rate, that is that is an elite number that has now been sustainable through what is effectively a half a season of starts.
2: And it, it perfectly... It's perfect for what the 49ers personnel is. A th- yes, thousand percent. Right? Like when you have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, two guys who are very good in the middle of the field and are unafraid of contact. That's the exact type of like that's the exact thing you want your quarterback to be good at.
1: Right. Same right. with
2: George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey, right? Like these guys all live in the middle of the field. And so it's a scenario where the personnel aligns perfectly with what the scheme is asking these guys to do. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just super important because you don't have, you don't have, you know, square pegs and round holes and all those things. Right. Like you actually, you don't have like, you know, you could go through NFL history and find like receivers that would conceivably make sense, but they just don't. When you actually see it in the offense, you watch the 49ers offense. It's like, yeah, all these guys make sense with what Kyle Shanahan wants them to do.
1: And I refuse to criticize a quarterback for throwing the ball to good players. I'm sorry, I will not be doing. oh that. I'm I'm out on like that <laughs> that line oh, of it's like a sports point and logic. shoot offense. Oh, he yeah. throws to the open guy. The horror! <laughs> what a scumbag!
2: Well, I'm just out on on like that sort of the sports discussion thing. It's like people will be like, "Oh, Joe Montana wouldn't have been anything without Bill Walsh." It's like, first of <laughs> all, sure. How would we know? And second of all, why are you penalizing him for succeeding with his coach? Right. right. Like there, there's this thing that's that some of us have in our minds where it's like the only way we can give a, a sport, an athlete credit is if they're in terrible surroundings and have terrible coaches and terrible teammates in a terrible situation. And they drag that team to a championship. Otherwise, if you're if you're in an ideal situation and you have a good coach and elite players around you, like some people view that as a detriment in like the argument about legacy or whatever. And to me, that's just insane. It's super dumb. Like, Jerry Rice wouldn't have been good without Steve Young and Joe Montana. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, all what that. Are play- we, what are we doing? The goal is to
1: operate at a high level within your situation. Yes. And that's what Brock Purdy does. Exactly. So, if the here's the deal. If the 49ers win the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter where Brock Purdy ranks, man. If you want to have Brock Purdy, and I, I think Stephen Reese has him 29th right now in his in his quarterback rankings. Well, that's apparently all the 49ers need to score 30 points a game. Which they've done in all but one of Brock Purdy's regular season starts. And the one they didn't was the Thursday night road game in Seattle where he had busted ribs. I, 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 I That guy quarterbacks an offense to 30 points a game every game. Something that none of the other quarterbacks have ever had do. I, I'm so tired of hearing about Nick Mullins passing yards. And how that discounts... Nick Mullins stunk, dude. (laughs) Go watch him. He is a fraction of the quarterback Brock Purdy is. I don't give a damn how many passing yards he threw for. He threw for that many because he turned it over all the time and the offense wasn't as efficient, so they were down a lot. It's not that with, with Purdy.
2: The Niners are getting a ton of Super Bowl winning bets. And they're, I think, if not favorites, co-favorites. They're not the favorite. Yeah. yeah, depending on where you look. And like, Vegas accounts for quarterback play. Like, Vegas believes in Brock Purdy. And Vegas is as, I would say, Vegas is as good as anybody. Like, mm-hmm. really, if you really think about it when it comes to like setting these odds. And, you know, just like that, that's their whole. That is their whole thing. Their entire operation is predicated on being accurate when it comes to setting these odds and everything like that.
1: That is how they take my money.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, like that's the the fact that the fact that Vegas still believes that heavily, or it seems to believe that heavily in Brock Purdy, despite him being a seventh round pick and despite him, despite him being just a second year quarterback. I think speaks to what you and I are saying. Like he does some high level things. And because he is like, I think just being mistake, like not being mistake prone, I should say, Mm -hmm. like playing mistake free football is just a huge, huge part of what makes him successful in this team concept. When you have an elite defense and elite Mm -hmm. skill guys, it's like, man, you don't have to go. You don't have to make like heroic throws every game, every time. Right, every drive, like just go. He can be like a game manager, but even still, it's like the word "game manager." I don't even think applies to him because he is making high-level throws. Yeah, and he is playing like real adult quarterback. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of he he's he's not like a crazy elite playmaker. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen when Josh Allen is playing well.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But he's not making mistakes, and ultimately, the mistakes and we talked about this in the last pod too, but the mistakes that Matt Stafford made, we would say Matt Stafford is a more physically gifted and talented quarterback than Brock Purdy, Mm -hmm. but Stafford threw the interception that ultimately was a backbreaker for the Rams in that game. I
1: believe Matt Stafford plays in a point-and-shoot offense. (laughs) See what happens when he tries to throw down the ball, the ball down the field, he gets intercepted. Oh, that guy.
2: You love that it's point and shoot like,
1: offense thing. I hate it so much. <laughs> it's because the podcast I was listening to that said it clearly hadn't watched and just went, Yeah, you know, Brock Purdy was Brock Purdy, point and shoot. Like, what? It's like he's doing three step drops and throwing slants all game, dog.
2: I think that, like, Brock Purdy to me, as long as he continues playing at this level, it's going to be like the 2019 conversation. Because remember when the Niners started that winning streak mm-hmm. and they were, what, nine, eight, nine, and oh? Ain't no ain't no there. A lot of people were like, well, oh, they haven't played anybody yet, which was true. You know, the Niners sort of like came didn't really come out of nowhere, but like they hadn't beaten anybody good yet. But like we're mm-hmm. watching them. And we're like, no, this is like a dominant team.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then it took a while. And I was like, OK, they're the one seed. Yeah, they are really dominant. I feel like that's what the the Brock Purdy bell curve is going to look like in terms of national discussion. He keeps playing at this level. Like, say they beat the Giants, or the, well, the Giants, too. But say they beat the Cowboys in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, that will be a Brock Purdy. That has the potential to be a game that swings the Brock Purdy narrative.
1: Yeah, yeah, if he plays well, for sure.
2: So, I, I think, like, you know, again, it's not super flashy. It's not, like, it's not Patrick Mahomes when he's doing all the crazy Patrick Mahomes stuff. But, man, you watch him closely. He just plays winning football. Yeah, man. It's not, yes. and he avoids mistakes. I so.
1: can't, I, I don't, I was very much in the camp this offseason of he should start, but boy, I think there's a lot of regression possibilities, and through two games, I'm not seeing it. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know what, I just don't know what else he has to do to, to appease people who think he's not good.
2: No, he could. he needs to win a Super Bowl.
1: And even then, and even then, haters going to hate, I just, I just ran the numbers. I'm going to write about this. So you guys get to hear this early. I mentioned Brock Purdy is 50 of 60 on intermediate throws in his career, 10 to 19 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. I removed the Kansas city garbage time that he played and he's 47 of 55 on throws 10 to 19 yards beyond the line of scrimmage in his career.
2: Oh, so we're just cherry-picking stats then?
1: He has thrown eight incompletions. <laughs> now, if you move that to night games on the road, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> on grass... Oh, no. Where did my camera go? Camera's out. Here we, we can go. still talk. We can hear you. There you Way go. back. Oh, yikes. Gotta fix that. Anyways. All right. We back. Perils of video.
3: All
1: right. You want to do a Cooperage What's on Tap for Thursday night?
2: Yeah, let's do it. I have uh I have I have some thoughts.
1: Okay. Can um, I go first? Yeah, go for it. Uh di- you sounded
2: ready. I want you to go first now. You were ready to rip. Christian McCaffrey leads the NFL in rushing. Do you know how many rushing yards he has?
1: He has, hang on. 259.
2: and 59. 268. Mm, idiot. You know who's second in the NFL in rushing yards? Hang on, don't tell me. I I don't know. Go it's Bijan Robinson. He has 180. <laughs> so Christian McCaffrey almost has 90 more rushing yards through two games Thank than you. the number two leading rusher in the league. So my
1: thing about my thing about Bijan Robinson is when you look at the offense season and you look at the playmakers around him, I'm not sure how impressive that 180 yards really is.
2: I mean, but you, have you seen I'm him joking. play yet? Okay, I'm joking. Okay, he's, he's he's doing the Brock Purdy thing to be. Oh, okay, got it. All right. Sorry. All right, I was looking me. at numbers and sort of half listening. I got it. Sorry. Good bit. <laughs> uh, um, the Giants are allowing 4.6 yards per carry, which is 25th in the NFL and 136.5 rushing yards per game, which is 26. I don't know what the DVOA numbers are, but I'm guessing they're probably in line with being a bottom third uh, rush defense so far. I think there's a possibility of Christian McCaffrey's fresh that this trend continues.
1: I think so too. We can touch on this when we do prize picks, but I think I'm, I think I'm with you. He's just really good in this offense. He's really good in a vacuum, but in this offense in particular, it just, so he had the 65 yard touchdown in week one, and then he had the 51 yarder where he buried a Witherspoon at the end in week two. I think the Niners are going to have, maybe not one per game, but pretty close to one a game where McCaffrey just finds a little bit of daylight and breaks off a huge run. Yeah. Because his vision is so good. He's so quick. He runs with so much power and balance that a little bit of daylight that Kyle Shanahan is going to scheme up a few times a game. He's going to find it and hit a home run with it. I just, it, it feels like they got a 30 plus yard run in their, in their bag, every game kind of whenever they want it. So I think a huge Christian McCaffrey game could be on deck, even if he doesn't play a ton or not, I think not it, doesn't play a ton, even if he gets some, some snaps off.
2: I do think like I put Christian McCaffrey sort of in the same bucket as Nick Bosa when it comes to like dude who just knows how to take care of his body. Mm -hmm. and is like generally going to be ready to play football at a high level no matter the circumstance yeah i think even on a short week and and it's probably better to have your thursday night game week three than like Mm -hmm. after you know i mean they're going to play on thanksgiving and that's going to be a tough game obviously yeah um but in seattle again in seattle and that'll be different but i think having a Having a Thursday game week three is a lot different than having a Thursday game at some point in November, which the Niners will have to deal with. Yeah. But for sure. this Christian McCaffrey should be should be good against what's been one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah,
1: they've given up sixty eight points the first two weeks. Yeah. That's that's not great. I'm gonna talk about the Niners defense real quick. I think they have five sacks on Thursday. And I think Nick Bosa gets two of them. I just don't think the line, uh, the the Giants are going to be able to block anybody on the 49ers defensive front. And maybe it's Bosa just flying around the corner, or maybe it's Javon Hargrave or Eric Armstead getting pressure and flushing Jones out to, toward Bosa. But this feels like one of those games that he kind of takes over and has seven, eight pressures, a couple sacks, and just kind of spearheads a really dominant effort from the 49ers defensive line.
2: The Giants could be without their left tackle, Andrew Thomas.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: to which point i would say i like nick bosa in the matchup against the giants backup left tackle fair very fair (laughs) (laughs) um so i i think yeah there are also their left guard ben bredson
1: that's not a real that's not a person ben ben bredesen
2: Bredeson remains in the concussion protocol and out of practice, which likely rules him out for Thursday. So the entire left side of the Giants offensive line could be backups. Yikes. Not the team you want to have your backups in for. I make am
1: that, I said five sacks, make that six.
2: I definitely that there's there's a lot of potential here for like a Niners defensive line sort of coming out party because the Niners defensive line has played well in the first two weeks but it hasn't had to your point like that six sack game obviously yeah through two games so this there's is... there's potential there for this to be like oh yeah national tv game Uh Nick Bosa is kind of quiet the first two weeks no sacks yet and then boom Nick Bosa puts up a three spot yeah like would that there surprise was... anybody
1: no remember that game he had in 2019 against Carolina where he had the three sacks and the interception That it wouldn't surprise me if that kind of game is coming. I also wouldn't be surprised. I guess this is also what's on tap. I kind of think that this one is going to go like the Packers game in 2019. Not the NFC title game, but the week 12 one where they won 37 to eight. Mm. And obviously the Giants, this is not going to be billed as that type of matchup that the Niners had against against the Packers that year because the Packers were very good as they met them in the NFC title game. But yeah, the Packers won in that game eight and two, and San Francisco went up twenty three to nothing in the first half, and that was partly because they they hit Aaron Rodgers a bunch of times, they attacked him five times, they forced a fumble that Nick Bosa recovered at the at the one, and they scored one play later. I think that's kind of the game flow I'm expecting.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Thanks. <laughs> I just like we. T- I don't know what what's exciting about the Giants at this point.
1: I don't either. I really, I, I really don't. And I do think here's. I got something else. I have a third. What's on top? Okay. Or do you want to do your second one?
2: No, go for it.
1: My third one is that Daniel Jones is going to have forty plus rushing yards, and I think he's going to have one really long run. Maybe not even on a designed run it's going to be like third and 12 and there's going to be nobody open down the field and the Niners are going to send four and he's going to get a ton of room up the middle and run for a first down and I think maybe if this is close especially early I think it's because he is affecting the game enough on the ground that the 49ers scramble a little bit and it leads to you know oh this screen wound up working and oh they got fooled on this zone read just weird kind of kind of stuff with with Jones and his legs so I think he's gonna go for for 40 plus rushing yards yeah I think it's gonna be a heavy piece of the the Giants game plan because I don't think they want him hanging out in the pocket behind that that the players that you said
2: earlier (laughs) (laughs) Ben Bradison um the Niners historically have had troubles with quarterbacks who can run Mm -hmm. and one thing that's interesting like there there's absolutely a chance that if they're blitzing like they were in the second half of the rams game that there's just going to be a look where they blitz the wrong place and Mm -hmm. jones escapes and then he does to your point has like 30 yards of just open real estate like that yeah. is possible against a defense that does seem to blitz a little bit more under Steve Wilkes than it did previously.
1: Do you think they're going to blitz more? It felt like the blitzing on Sunday was more out of necessity than game play.
2: Yeah. I'm just saying like it never with D'Amico Ryan's, it never really felt like they were in a bad spot from like a call wise. Like th- there weren't too many busts where it's like, Oh, they blitzed here. That left this part of the field open, and and then a, yeah. and then a quarterback took advantage by running fifty yards. I do feel like there's a little bit more potential for that in this version of the defense.
1: Yeah, I could see. So that.
2: i I, th- I think they'll probably play pretty conservatively, and just try to win with four four mm-hmm. pass rushers, and then they'll, if they need to, they will ramp up the blitzing, but. Yeah, I'm with. I don't. I don't think that's a bad call. I think they're going to have to do something. I just don't know what weapons they have that you feel great about going into this game. If particularly if Saquon's out, Darren Waller,
1: Taysom Gibson's getting an interception this game. He's going to cut in front of a throw to Darren Waller up the seam, and he's going to get a pick.
2: Book I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Fred Warner pick.
1: Mm, okay. He's been close. It's been
2: close. Yeah. Created one in in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I think I think I I just yeah, that Daniel Jones stepping into a third and eight throw, down a couple of scores trying to make a play, tries to force one into his one, you know, dude as a receiver and Darren Waller and the Niners are all over it. Maybe it's Fred Warner.
2: Maybe it's Cabelline. I think that's a good time to to dive into our prize picks here. Yeah, let's do prize picks.
1: I had saved it. There it is. Prize picks. Daily Fantasy Sports, baby. It's my new favorite thing. I spend so much time. I deleted Twitter off my phone. And now I'll just go to prize picks and scroll through the squares to see what's cooking. Wait, what's Twitter? It's a social media site, Chris.
2: Oh, I thought it was called something else.
1: Yeah, no, we don't acknowledge My... that. Oh, okay. okay. well, hey, everybody watching right now, I've got I've got something for you on Picks. If you go to slash candlestick right now and use code candlestick, you get a first deposit match up to $100, and right now for the next 27 minutes, you can get Christian McCaffrey more than 63 and a half rushing yards. That's down from his total of 79 and a half. So, I am building a, an entry right now with that in it, because I do think Christian McCaffrey
2: goes more than 63 and a half rushing yards. Love that. Thanks. That's the first thing I saw when I, uh, when I signed on here. Um, Yeah. Prize picks, super fun, daily fantasy, more than or less than Um, you can combine your entries you could do power plays, a lot of versatility, a lot of it's just a fun way to a, a fun new way to add wrinkles to watching your your footballs on your, your footballs, your football games on Sunday. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I some some intriguing plays this week for the Thursday night game, I will say. So I
1: just built I just built an entry and it's three from the Thursday night game. But then I also tacked on another one and, and we'll talk about that in a second. So I'm, I'm rocking with the Christian McCaffrey more than 63 and a half rushing yards. I I love that 63 and a half number. It's a number that he's gone over basically every time he's played a full game with Brock Purdy at quarterback. I'm going to go Daniel Jones more than 37 and a half rushing yards. I just think that that's going to be a necessity for the Giants to get him going on the ground because I don't, I don't know how much talent they have at at that spot with, with no Barkley. I'm going to go Brock Purdy more than 229 and a half passing yards. Uh, I think he connects on a couple of those deep throws today or on, on, on Thursday. And we see his, we see his passing yards tick up a, a little bit above what they were on Sunday. And then I added Zach Wilson in here because Zach Wilson and the jets are playing new England on Sunday. And the, the, the passing yards total for Wilson is 167 and a half. And I think he's going to go less than that number against a very good new England defense.
2: Yeah, give me all the Zach Wilson less than bets. Picks. Except that one.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> less than picks.
2: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Entries. <laughs> plays. Um, all right. All right. I after. have I have three I'm doing another I, I've been doing power plays, which is, you know, you combined you have to get all 3 or all of your plays correct to win or else you lose nothing but if you if you get it correct you get a 5x multiplier of your initial um of your initial entry. So maybe maybe this will hurt me but I'm I'm just going I'm going for the power play because go bigger okay. go home.
1: I go I go flex because I always seem to have one wrong.
2: <laughs> That's been my issue. I think I've had like one wrong or or maybe one or two anyway. Um, Christian McCaffrey, more than 63 and a half rushing yards. I think that's a layup that's A layup. Yep. Uh, I'm going Brock Purdy more than eight and a half rushing yards. Oh, that's a fun one. I like that one. He could do that in one scramble. He could. Yeah, and, I like that. I like that very much. And the sacks don't count against his rushing yards. Correct. This isn't college. college. It's not college. So uh, Brock Purdy, one scramble. I think that's, that's nice. Um, And I'm going Daniel Jones more than 31 and a half pass attempts. Ooh. Okay. Because I think the giants are going to be playing from behind. I think they're really going to struggle to run the ball. And I think Saquon Barkley is not going to play. Yep. And I think they're just going to have to throw the ball all over the yard because the Niners are going to score a bunch of points. Yeah. I love that. I love all those. I love all those cmc more than 63 and a half purdy more than eight and a half rushing yards and dan dimes more than 31 and a half pass attempts
1: i might follow you on those and create another one i really like those
2: yeah prize Picks super easy super simple
1: we just as you saw on the fly just created a couple entries in, in just a couple of minutes it's quick withdrawals the gameplay is super easy to figure out it's not convoluted and complicated you pick a sport you pick a couple of stat projections you pick more than or less than and and you let it rock uh there's like i said a ton of stat types players sports it's the number one daily fantasy app prize picks is so go to prizepicks.com candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. that's prizepicks.com candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars and if you do that, share your entries with us. If we like it, we'll rock with it. For sure.
2: Uh we have two minutes and forty-five seconds. But Paul Blackburn, more than or less than five strikeouts tonight against your nerves.
1: Less than. Okay.
2: I'll add it in.
1: Nice. Just Nine kidding. two five zone. <laughs> Nine two <five's> finest. <laughs> Pauly B. His dad is my sixth grade teacher. Paul Blackburn? Yeah. What's his dad's name? I believe his dad's name is also Paul. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out. Very, Mr. Blackburn,
2: math and science. Prediction, predictions before we get out of here. Niners, Giants.
1: 49ers, 31, Giants, 13.
2: Um, I'm going to go 34 to... Sixteen.
1: Okay, we both have them um, winning by eighteen. F-
2: a field goal fest for for okay. the Giants of East Rutherford, New Jersey. The
1: Giants are running a fake something.
2: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to have a fake punt, a fake field goal, something in their bag. Everyone's going to go. Brian Dable, coach of the year last year. Murmur, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, I have nothing else to say. Me neither. Excited for Thursday night home opener. I'll be in the building.
2: Can't wait. I will not. One of us has to podcast, so I will not be there.
1: Yeah, thanks. That's that's super nice of you <laughs> to, to make that sacrifice. Subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. S- hit that like button. That helps up the album and helps more people get eyeballs on our videos. Uh, if you subscribe, that also helps us. And it also... Makes it so anytime we go live, it's right there at the top of your feed. You don't have to go find us. It's YouTube.com/slash Candlestick Chronicles podcast. So go find us, go subscribe, like our videos. We appreciate the heck out of it. Thanks everybody for
2: listening, watching, and we will talk to you after the game starts. Yeah, and hit the notification button. Your uh, your phone will blow up every time we post a video or go live. So, yeah, you're welcome. See you guys.
1: Bye.